got Gavin the Beak. So many beaks. Obsidian, you're more beak than man. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Podquisition. I'm your good friend, Jim, and I'm joined, as always, by your other good friend, Laura. Hello. Hello. I am here. Things are good. I did a cycle ride and my legs feel like jelly. It's a good day to be podcasting. Excellent. It's a good positive day. We're going to be very positive this week. We're, we're going to try. We're, we're, we're going to do our best. There's at least a few news stories this week that I think we might not be, you know, so positive on, but I'm sure we'll see. Maybe we'll find nice things to say about those companies. Who well, knows? we'll have a laugh. We'll have a yeah. laugh with the news. It's funny news. Hello, Gav. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And Laura, snap, because I have jelly legs as well today because I was on the cross trainer for too long this morning. <laughs> I, this week, I bought myself for £25, I bought myself a cycling machine. Which, That's a good deal. Yeah, it's not bad. It's got a LCD screen that tracks my calories burned and stuff. It is not nice. bad. It was a nightmare to get up to my flat, but it now means any time that I'm exporting or uploading something, which is a lot, mm. I can just take a nice little 10-minute cycle. I squeezed an hour of cycling in today, and my legs now feel ready to fall off. We have one of those ones where, you know, you stand up on it and there's like bars that you hold with your arms. Yeah. The two, it's one of the two best purchases I've ever made. That and a really proper comfy chair are the two mm. best purchases I think I've ever made. Exactly. The mm. comfy chair for my computer is the best thing I ever did. Mm. And it's very quickly followed by the ability to get exercise without having to leave my flat. So, mm. you know, they, they are two things that are good to invest in. That's though, the barrier much, to me. How much a comfy is... chair actually affects your workflow and everything. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. A comfy yeah. chair can make a million amounts of difference. A million amounts of difference? I can say. A million <laughs> amounts. Um, but yes, yes, I have a static bike myself. Um, I don't use it as much as I should, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I do need to get back on it because I it, it feels good to do. I like it. I like to play Binding of Isaac on the 3DS and just go for it. Especially because you know my work is at the computer so much that mm. I, I need. It's the only way my legs feel alive is to use <laughs> is to use it because yeah. otherwise they're just going to fall off. Yeah, well, I've taken to trying to play uh, do like play Undertale while I'm cycling on it because I'm still slowly working through that. It's yeah. like, oh, I want to watch the Great British Bake Off. Let's watch other people make delicious fatty treats, and I will cycle and cry about how I'm not allowed to eat them anymore because I'm trying to does, be better it, with my food choices. It does happen, doesn't it? If you've been like sitting for so many hours, your legs just—they're like, please use us. Do something. It's horrible. Yeah, I, uh, part of the reason why I, I use I use the bike for that more than you know the, the health benefits, which are obviously mm. there, but just to get blood down there. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's it's crucial. Exercise is crucial. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, we've I, I, I want to address it because we've been focusing a lot on like negative comments and idiots and jizz monkeys uh, <laughs> a lot uh, in previous episodes, and some people have found it a bit gauche. Now, I'm not saying we'll never do it again, but we we are going to scale back because 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 I, I we can guarantee we will thing. do it again. It's going to oh, happen, but <laughs> we won't be able to. Even if we say we'll never do it, we won't be able to stop ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but I am trying to focus less and less on that side of things and focus more and more on the positives and the good people. Out Indeed, there. this mm. this show is an evolution. It is something that changes week to week and. This week we are going to still be negative, but we're going to be negative about the people that actually deserve it, like Ubisoft. Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to have oh, fun great. while we do it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Everything's going to be great, isn't it? It's all right, Gavin. You love... you, you Look, Gavin, 
Gavin, Gavin loves Ubisoft. We're the ones who hate it. Yeah, but you're going to have I a fun only time, liter- I just got an email from them with lots of lovely videos for me to use for my songs. So. <laughs> well, that's fine. It means that so far we haven't ruined oh, your you career, know what? so everything's I was okay. Think- I was thinking of you guys yesterday because I-, I did the Assassin's Creed Syndicate song and it's like all about London town. And I did it. I was trying to go for kind of a blur kind of thing, mm. but... Um, I listened back to it after doing it, and I was like, no, this sounds like Laura and Jim doing the worst Broadway Oliver Twist musical ever. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't listened to that. No! I've not listened I think to your, I might, your syndicate song yet, and I need yeah, to listen to it. I now. might keep it and like put it on the album as an extra version, but the main one's going to, I'm going to have to re-record the whole thing. Can, can, you please send a, can you send both of us that version, yeah, please? Yeah, yeah. I and can, I, can I dub myself over it going, Oliver, Oliver, never before as a boy asked for more. Oliver, Oliver. That's what I'm going to do with my time today. Um, yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> it's not like you have video gamey work to do. No, no, no. You're gonna, you're gonna sing <laughs> gonna all of the songs. Mi- I'm gonna be Mr. Bumble. Um, <laughs> what else was I gonna say? Yeah, yeah. On the subject of Ubisoft, uh, let's get this out of the way right now. Microtransactions are in Assassin's Creed Syndicate because, of course, they fucking are. Of course they are. But I'm not gonna complain as much as I would have done in the past because this time I get to pay for my microtransactions in pounds or in the virtual currency <laughs> of pounds. And ah, that's it's almost like it's it's the in-game currency and my currency. Ah, that is a thing. It's a, yeah, they, they, they're trying to trick you. Yeah, they're like, is this my pounds or their pounds? I don't yeah, know. Is Let's it the virtual pounds or the real pounds? I don't know. I assume it's the in-game pounds. Click yes. Oh no, I spent my actual pounds. Ah. Fucking Ubisoft with their fucking. Oh, it's totally optional. You don't have to buy. You name me a company, right? That's trying to sell you a product. And they don't want you to buy it. Oh, we, we'll get there shortly. We've got to do the Ubisoft stuff first. But there is some great news this week about microtransactions to protect your microtransactions. Oh, God, yeah. You, you, you just wait till we fucking... Oh. Most of you know, oh. but you just fucking wait till we get there. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I, hate the, I hate it when companies say microtransactions are optional. I mean, I've made videos on this before because they're never optional. There's some design in there meant to encourage you to spend money on them. Uh, whether they elongate uh, some process, they make it harder to grind for certain things. Barring, There's something barring, in there um, that isn't optional. But not including aesthetic ones, I suppose we should say. Cause Even most, then, most there's an economy... Are... They're designed on an economy of haves and have-nots. Even yeah. cosmetic DLC is meant to... Uh, it's a, it becomes a status thing. Now, some people may not mm. be affected by a status thing, but that's the design behind yeah. it. The design there behind is no... it is still like, I can afford to buy this thing that you haven't purchased, yeah. therefore I'm better than you. Never, never trust a company that says microtransactions are optional. They're lying through their fucking teeth because they don't want it to be optional. And besides which, if the selling point of something you've put in a game is you don't have to do it, maybe consider not putting it in. If that's, if that's the best selling point you've got, if the justification is you don't have to touch it, maybe consider fucking off with it. <laughs> that's just a bit of like, advice from me to you. You know what? But then what do I know about business? I hate to admit it, but I was playing Mad Max this week, and if mm. there had been a microtransaction to just get rid of the fucking endless bases so that I could upgrade my car more... 
I probably would have bought it. Yeah, <laughs> you are history's greatest monster, though, so we forgive you because because that's in your nature. Um, it, I I'd, I'd pay to just not have Mad Max exist and just have a better Mad Max game. You know Max what? I, I got quite into it by the end, Jim. I, I have to disagree with you on did, how did bad you, it was. Did you recover from that bit sort of in the middle-ish where you were like, oh, oh I'm not enjoying yeah, this as much was, as I was? You did know you what? sort of get over I, that? I, so in the game audience, there's this race that pops up out of nowhere uh, as part of the story. And if you don't have the right build on your car, the race is pretty much, it's almost impossible. You just can't. But when I when I actually thought about it and changed the load out of the car and made a very speed based car instead of armor and stuff, then I was able to breeze it. So, um, but yeah, apparently a lot of people found that bit hard. But but God, the ending of that game is so bad. I mean, yes, it is. It is know, not worth fighting to get to. I know, like Mad Max is kind of supposed to be bleak, but I think they kind of confused bleak with complete and utter nihilism. Yeah, like it felt like it was bleak for bleakness' sake. Yeah. And that's not a great way to design your narrative. No. It's like, oh, well, everything I've worked for is completely useless now. Wow, thanks. hooray. By the way, after the credits, oh, uh, yeah, everything's back now. Plonk you into the game and there you go. (laughs) It was really, really, really bad. It is a little bit stupid, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. But But the game game had a lot to like, I thought. You know, I mean, I really enjoyed kind of just driving around exploring. There were really nice environments. And the combat was a bit dodgy at times. Like, the camera was awful. But it wasn't the worst, you know? I... I I personally felt really him growling in the back. <laughs> I personally felt like really mediocre on it because you're yeah. right. There are a lot of things to like about that game. No, Laura, 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 Laura. You didn't feel mediocre about it. You felt mediocre about <laughs> it. Mediocre. Mediocre. I didn't. Feel, I felt mediocre about it because you were right. There were some good things to like about it, but there was also for me an equal number of reasons to dislike and be like, mm. oh, I'm really not keen on this and. I ended up just feeling somewhere in the middle, but I do understand there are definitely things to like about it. And if the negatives didn't bring you down, then good for you. You got a video game that you liked out of it. I hate the game more than I did when I reviewed it. Uh, (laughs) But I can't say why, because we promised we wouldn't talk about idiots and jizz monkeys and comment. Moving swiftly onwards with our nitro burners. While while we're talking about Ubisoft, can we talk Mm. about uh, the, the lovely Ubisoft game that was announced this week that we have some questions about? Yes, it's Far Cry Primal. Primal, which is it's a Far Cry game set in the year ten thousand BC, when people had people had string and rocks on a stick. I think. Knowing Ubisoft, they're still going to be hacking and lockpicking in it somehow. I'm, I'm really hoping that it turns out that Far Cry Primal is actually the newest Assassin's Creed game, and they're all in the um, the Animus, and as such, you can still have radio towers. Well, yes, yeah, so we, we were talking about this. They tie their um, their universes together. Watch Dogs <laughs> is set in the same universe as Assassin's Creed. That, that so was you set never know. In the extended Watchtower uh, Radio Tower universe, they were yeah, in the, the Radio Tower the, universe, the Radioverse. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we we were talking before we recorded about like how are they gonna do the uh, Radio Tower thing? Me and Gavin both think tree houses. I uh, I, Laura, I just think a big old tree. Laura just reckons big old tree. They won't uh, even bother with the house. Yeah, I, um, I don't think they've got the technology in ten thousand BC to build houses in a tree that are stable. I think that you literally just find the tree with convenient handholds you, and you maybe stand they'll on the get top of the tree like and have a look. Train four mammoths to stand on top of each other like some <laughs> kind of weird circus sideshow. Um, human pyramid that is shaped kind of like a radio tower. 
that you can view stuff from the top off. Yeah. See, yeah. I wanted to say, like, climb up a, a bro- like a Brachiosaurus's neck, but then I remembered that <laughs> humans and dinosaurs didn't coexist. But if what, they what do put dinosaurs in it, then that's... This is video Jurassic games. Park, Jurassic Park taught me that they coexisted, okay? I forgot about that documentary. Yeah, yeah that you're documentary. right. But, of course, this is the big debate that's raging through the internet right now. Will it be a treehouse or will it be a tree? Are you on Team Treehouse or are you on Team Tree? Um, why not? Team... Are, you on, are you on Team uh, Human Pyramid or Team on, Kind I'm of a Hill? Mammoth Pile. Mammoth Pile. Yeah, there's, there are many teams at play in yeah. this game. This, this I... is a civil war. I am on Team um, Pile Up a Load of Sticks so it kind of resembles a hill. Uh, I'm going to say ju- the world's biggest Stonehenge, and they will just call it Stonehenge, even if it's not the actual Stonehenge. You just got to climb a big though. Stonehenge. Here's a crazy idea: they could mm-hmm. just have a map that's unlocked. <gasps> what? No, <laughs> that's not that you. You really are. You've gone too far. We cannot do this. Far. It is not realistic. How is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. Humans do not know what is in their surroundings unless they climb a big tall thing and have a look. Yeah. This is an Ubisoft open world game. You're going to climb up things and there's going to be literally 10 million thousand billion things to collect on the map. A map that is huge and they'll boast about how huge it is, but it's largely indistinct so the vastness of it doesn't matter because it's got no character. Welcome to Ubisoft. At the very least, when you have to go and collect a load of pointless feathers, it will probably have a purpose because you might be making like a coat out of it or something. Because I can upgrade my it's headdress. It's the ancient times. Mm. Yeah, you can upgrade your headdress because it's the ancient times. Mm. Discover like like cave paint, like fifty cave paintings you've got to find. I, I really hope that like the first upgrade you unlock in Far Cry Primal, and I'm well aware that like the timings for this are probably way off. I don't know history. Like it's like. My upgrade, I discovered fire. The next upgrade, I fine. I discovered that if you tie a stick to another stick, it makes a longer stick. That's upgrade number two. Yeah. You spend like like 50 hours in the game grinding your way towards inventing a wheel. <laughs> I, that, now that's what it'd be. I, I mean, I say that, let's face it, you're going to be rocking an LMG by the end of it. Just just daca-dacaring everything. Just I, shooting pterodactyls out the sky. I am waiting for the their version of like... Um, the historical inventor from 10,000 BC, I don't know who that would be, basically comes up to you with the, like, schematic chiselled into stone for the Flintstones car, where you put your feet through the bottom and you <laughs> oh do a running. God. I would, I would, if, if Far Cry Primal has Flintstone cars in it, right, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 game of the year, it, I don't give a I fuck. really hope this turns into a, a blood, uh, Far Cry Blood Dragon type situation, and it is that silly, and it's like, by the end mm. of it, you are driving around the hillside I want to, like, in your collect, Flintstones car. Collect 50 cave paintings, and then I get to, like, upgrade my saber-toothed tiger and discover the wheel, and, like, awkwardly <laughs> strap four wheels onto its legs and ride it around (laughs) oh my god (laughs) what i'd like i'd like for there to be 200 dodos on the map that can be one of their collectathons and you hunt them and they are the last 200 dodos in existence i i point out again we don't know when things happened in history as you've probably Mm. picked up on (laughs) we don't know when these things happened like i'm pretty sure the dodos went extinct like a hundred years ago not twelve thousand years ago yeah the dodos went extinct like last century i think Let's face it, like, we've all played Ubisoft games. I think our grasp of history is about on par with Um, theirs. um, In Assassin's Creed Syndicate, there's a logo for a train company on the side of a train, and the game is set seven years before the train company existed, so... mm, Ha! 
Uh, ha! Ubisoft! Uh, and Brock Lesnar is a wrestler in it, maybe. Uh. Brock Lesnar's in Syndicate? Well, did you not see what? this? When Syndicate got originally revealed, there was like a, a wrestling match happening on an indoor place that was just like a concept art. Yeah. And it's clearly oh. Brock Lesnar, including his tattoos. Alright. <laughs> so, like, I'm still waiting to find out that Brock Lesnar is a character in Syndicate. Like, I'm convinced it's happening. <laughs> oh, God, it's brilliant. Um, so, the, the other question we kind of have about this, and we did have a question from a listener on this, uh, from listener Biggity Boo. How is Ubisoft going to justify real money microtransactions in Far Cry Primal, considering that it's 10,000-year-old cave people? Um, I mean, to be fair to Ubisoft, I've done, I, I don't do that often. Um, to my knowledge, so far, they've avoided microtransactions in the Far Cry series. They've Assassin's done it in Creed their other is where series, they put right? It. Yeah. And uh, the crew, mm, they put it in. I'm, the microtransactions. I'm, I'm curious as to why it hasn't popped up in, in Far Cry. I imagine it's going too soon or all later. Maybe. If it happens, the like I was thinking about this earlier, and my problem, I guess, with it would be very hard to justify the economy of a, of a microtransaction economy in this, because presumably in game your premium currency is going to be like, I found a nice looking rock or something. <laughs> so, like, in order to make that work as a like a premium currency the, for microtransactions, you're presumably going to have enemies. to spend you're going to have to spend your your own money on like I bought three fancy looking rocks to use in game. And that's I mean, not going to feel like a rewarding it's, economy. It's pretty simple. You know, flint, shells, just there's all sorts of things they can make you spend money on. Teeth. I ain't spending my money. Teeth? That's another one. <laughs> actually, I ain't spending I, I would, my money on shells and teeth. I would actually be kind of up for spending my money on teeth. I like the concept of just like, I have these bagfuls <laughs> of teeth. I don't know why I find that such an amusing thought. Bagfuls of teeth. I wanted to bring Primal Rage back. That's the only, f one of the very few fighting games I ever played was Primal Rage. You saw was the was that the one with that. the kind of like animal people? That's a dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaurs. it was like claymation yeah. type thing, was it? Yeah, the uh, claymation-y type I remember at the time it yeah. looked quite advanced when it came out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. it wasn't a very good game. But then no. I liked the fighting games that weren't very good because I was kind of good at them. Like, yeah. I used to play Rise of the Robots. It's played quite a bit, so... Well, see, this is why I like Smash Brothers, because, again, it's a fighting game that I'm okay at, and I don't do well at fighting games. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think Smash Brothers is genius in design. Mm. Like, the, the way it can be played on, like, professional level, like, you see it at, like, Evo and shit. And it can also be a party game that you mess but yeah, around yeah. with, yeah. And, and it's got so many customizable rules. Like, it's mm. a, one of the few games that I feel is just perfectly designed for everyone. Yeah. I'm so bad no, at but, fighting but, yeah, games. I can remember when we used to play Street Fighter 2 and like it would literally take me 10 tries before I was able to do like one dragon punch. Mm -hmm. Do you know I'm the way you have to like left, do down, left? It's like, what? How does that I, work? I, and on an, an old mm -hmm. Super Nintendo gamepad, that used to tear the flesh off your thumb. <laughs> yeah, like in the era of analog sticks, I am not good at like rolling between directions for like command inputs. That just isn't a thing I'm very good at. But yeah. um yeah, you like, need a joystick, never, really, don't you, to really get the most. I out wanted, of them. Yeah. and I always wanted, and maybe I'll do a Kickstarter for it one <laughs> day. I'll do. I want to do a documentary where I travel the globe, getting taught to be good at fighting games by the world's like best professional experts. Yeah, do a do a players. do a Cara Ellison, travel the world and learn to play fighting games. 
Like, I, I feel that would be fun, because I, I can't do them either. I love watching them. I think yeah. seeing two professional Street Fighter or, or Marvel vs. Capcom players going at it is, like, mm. poetry. Like, and it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Not just the stuff on screen, but the psychology behind it as they fake each other out and and dance with these two fucking characters on screen. It's, it's mm. beautiful to watch, but yeah. I can't... Cannot for the life of me fucking do it myself. I did used to play Eternal Champions, though. Yeah, well, it's like, I, I would never discount Primal Rage coming back, going back to what you were saying, just because <laughs> Killer Instinct came back after God knows how many years, so you never know. We no, could get a Primal I wonder Rage. who has the right to it. I, I, want, I actually want the rights to Primal Rage and or Rise of the Robots. I imagine that the rights for both of them are in a drawer somewhere, that are like under some, some chewed up chewing gum, Maybe, you know, maybe some, like, dirty, dirty towels or something. Just It's just at the bottom of a drawer yeah. shoved under It's in a shit. drawer with, like, bloody bandages and There's, like, some leaking bat- batteries that are leaking acid on <laughs> yeah. it. In between it's just, like, the, the bit of paper of, that of, says, like, I own Primal Rage. In between the pages of the Gideon's Bible somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we just got to find... It's like a, a lost artifact. It's like Uncharted. That 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 could be the next Uncharted game is where he's he's going in ancient temples to find the rights to primal rage. You, you say he's you say he's doing it as if you're not going to be the protagonist of the next Uncharted. Like the next Uncharted, like Mister Uncharted, whatever his name is, Nathan Drake. He dies in the current one probably because it's about it being his last one, and he's replaced by Jim Sterling going on a hunt to find the and primal rage rights. Uncharted Five, Jim's waste of time. <laughs> I wonder, um, will there be yet another fake Sully death in this one? I can't. You I know swear, what? Sully Just fake dies more than fucking Frodo. Like, I was thinking that because I played through all three of them for the when I when I played the Uncharted collection, and I'm like, do you, do you, just shit or get off the pot, Sully. Either you die or you live forever at this point. He's mm. one I, or the other. I guarantee at least three three people in Uncharted Four are going to have like fake deaths. It's going to be like Nathan Drake's going to have a fake death, and Sully's going to have a fake death, and Someone else is going to have a fake death, and it's like, ah, oh, they're all alive, but they won't be in the next game. They're going to have tea in a veranda in Paris, or do you know whatever what? Batman considering, did. Considering what fucking bullet sponges the enemies are, and the way they flail about, every single NPC in the game has a fake death at least once. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I feel like I've killed someone, and nope, they pop right I'm back so up. I'm so glad someone actually cause... else feels that way. I thought I, mm. I felt the combat in Uncharted was really not great. It's the first one. It's fucking dog shit. Um, part, but part of why I love the Nathan Drake collection is that it shows the evolution of the series. Mm-hmm. Now you compare that to something like Assassin's Creed, which by this point, in my opinion, is stale as fuck. But every single Uncharted game like has major improvements. Yeah, that's to true. the point where I know some people say Uncharted Two is better than Three, but for me, playing through them all in sequence as I did, I found Three far superior just because. The effort Naughty Dog puts into improving and iterating and evolving mm. each time is something I find respectful in an mm. industry where so many game series just they get good enough and then just shit out the same stuff over and over. Yeah, like so. I, I would say I prefer Uncharted Two. I think Uncharted Three is a much better game. It is certainly better crafted. I mm. feel I, I can see why people would have preferred to, but. For me, it was still a bit too dated. Um, I say this as someone who kind of... 
I was never the biggest Uncharted fan, and the, it actually took this collection hmm. and me finally getting through three for me to respect yeah. it a lot more. So I, I was never a big Uncharted person, and eventually the thing that got me to try playing the Uncharted games and to get through them was The Last of Us being as good as it was. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there is an entire trilogy of games by the people who made this game, and I keep hearing people say they're good. I should probably get off my ass and play some Uncharted. They are. I was like, yeah. I, I, mean, pref- I, I prefer The Last of Us. But they're Uncharted's nowhere near good. The Last of Us for me, though. I mean, that game was just for me. That was pretty well, yeah, much I the mean, game of last generation. Mm, like, I mean, yeah. That, Plus, you don't play as literally Hitler. Oh, speaking <laughs> of The Last I mean, of Us, we were yeah. just watching um, uh, uh, on TV. They have this new. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but you know the, the movie Scream. They have a new series of that. And uh, in the kids were in the class and they were talking about The Last of Us. And I was like, ah, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> they were saying how like all the best stories are in games nowadays and they use The Last of Us as the example. Well, that's I was like, cool. that's very cool. I was, I was in a French restaurant this weekend and one of the waiters, like, was, we could hear him in the kitchen really loud going, there's this new Uncharted game coming out. They got like all three of them together. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> that made me laugh. I found it quite charming while I was Aww. trying to eat my quiche line. Ah, uh, so there's there's a couple of other news stories to move on to this week. There's one yeah. there's one that happened like two minutes after we finished recording last week because <laughs> presumably the people who uh, were in charge of releasing this news decided let's release it just after Podquisition records just to make sure that they can't talk about it because we want to stay on Podquisition's good side. No, no escaping this. You're getting shouted at for your shitty things you did and our congratulations for you not doing the shitty things. We're no longer augmenting our pre-orders. Yay! Hey! Well, what I want to know is, is the game still coming out four days early? <laughs> well, this is it. Like, I've been trying to get a hold of their PR because I'm really curious. They've not given a firm answer on A. Do the people who pre-ordered, because of the promised pre-order rewards, still get those promised pre-order rewards? Which I believe the answer is no. And B, are you still releasing the game four days early? And I'm guessing the answer's no. I'm guessing they've scrapped the entire thing, and, and yeah. I don't give a shit. And if if you did pre-order just for that, first of all, you shouldn't well, have done it. You shouldn't have done it, but... It's Second a... of all, just cancel it. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, yeah, obviously just cancel it, but it is still a shitty thing to do, to be like, pre-order it because we'll give you these things. Wait, we're not giving you those things anymore. Like, I guarantee at least someone out there pre-ordered because of that campaign... And now they've got to go make a second trip to the shops to go cancel their pre-order? That's that's time out of their day. That's time that they have been cost because of the mechanical apartheid. No, there are real it. victims in the mechanical apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's face it, they've, they've probably already had that content squared away ages ago anyway, so there's no way the, the, the promised content isn't going to worm its way into yeah. some sort of scheme. It's, it's um, just very interesting that, like, go back a week and... Those people who had their pre-orders for, you know, for better or worse, were like, oh, I'm getting free stuff. Now it's like, no, you're not going to get that stuff for free. We're going to sell it to you at launch now. (laughs) And that does feel, like, really weirdly shitty to those people. It's, again, really frustrating because, like, it would be one thing if this was happening on some shit game, but I would imagine this is going to be a really amazing game, and it's just a pity that now all people are talking about it is their shitty practices about it. Well, yeah, you I mean, know, this when is they the should be saying, I... wow, this game's going to be really fucking good. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I rail on this stuff as often mm. as I do, because some people say I preach to the choir when I talk about this shitty stuff. But it's like, 
it's not just for the benefit of the viewers, it's it's for the benefit of the industry, and I know the industry, you know, will rarely ever fucking listen to me. I'm not so arrogant as to believe they would, but um, when you see a really good game that, or a really good mm. series like Deus Ex, and what prompt, what what will hopefully be a really good game like Mankind uh, Divided, uh, and to, to just have it upstaged by the publisher's own shitty business it, decisions is tragic. It feels like that's been kind of a running theme this year, because we had the same with Metal yeah. Gear Solid Five, where it's mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a really solid-looking game from the Lux event. It came out, it was a really good game, but so much of the discussion of it has been marred with weird, shitty practices that well, people yeah, are calling Konami out. Konami can't fucking help itself. Because we've, we've got even more of them this week, because it's just the ongoing story of making us complain about a great game. Yeah. Uh, let's just say that the Fuck Konami news segment on Jim's position is going to be back in full force this uh, coming episode. Yeah. Uh, but to give you a taster, I suppose we better talk about it. Should we, should uh, we do f- it, yeah. Let's do it. So, if you don't know already, uh, there's a thing called Ford Operating Bases in Metal Gear Solid Five. It's an online thing. You have a base that you set up and it's got your resources on it, it's got staff members on it. Other players can invade that base and take things from it. Now, you keep these, you build more bases and stuff with microtransactions, because mm. of course you do. Well, no, uh, you can earn them in game by logging in on the correct days and getting bonuses and waiting for about three weeks to get one very basic, the cheapest possible base. You know, what? you can slowly earn them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's a microtransaction yeah. sink, basically. Mm. Um, you know, people are invested in it by now if, if they did fall for it, and then my heart goes out to those people. Um, but if you are invested in it, and you're worried because people keep invading and stealing your things, Konami's come up with a solution. <laughs> and and all, it, all it costs is uh, your money and your dignity. Mm. Uh, they've got a thing no, called see- FO... This is good guy Konami. They're training the players that um, this is how you're responsible with your money if you ever own a real-life mercenary base. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, it's FOB Insurance. They are offering an insurance policy for your bases that you build so that if people steal stuff from you... <laughs> You can't use the stuff back because you've been paying them insurance. No, no, no. You don't get the stuff back. The people who stole the stuff keep the stuff they stole. You get your your resources as well as your people replaced by identical people and resources that you also get to keep. So there you go. You apparently do not have the original. Like your your person you trained up, who's an A star across the board on your base, who got kidnapped. You don't get to keep him. The, the thief gets to take him still, but they like clone does. him from like I don't know her hair left around your forward operating base, and they clone you a new version of that man and put him in your base. Les enfants terrible business decisions. Yeah, that that um, is how um, thanks, how boss. your insurance works. We clone a man, stick him in your base. Yeah, um, I, I think what I love about this is, I mean, there's been ru- there have been rumours for a long time that Konami have ties with the Yakuza, um, <laughs> uh, especially because they're so involved in pachinko and the Yakuza like control a lot of the pachinko stuff, and I just think like. If ever there was, I had doubt about their gangster connections. Now that they've, they're essentially telling players that's a nice forward operating base you've got there. Shame if anything ought to happen to it. <laughs> uh, very expensive, if I believe. Um, don't worry, we'll protect you. Like they're basically running a racket. Exactly. It's incredible. I'm just waiting for the day when it's like, oh, you didn't update your uh, your insurance. 
I guess someone's not going to have kneecaps tomorrow. <laughs> That's it. Like they'll send they'll send a fucking digital Konami executive with a with a bunch of hired goons who will just turn up to your base and just smash everything so, with hammers. I'm I'm going to give people a bit of advice if you want to have your forward operating base but not get anything stolen from it without buying insurance. Turn off the ability to have your base invaded. You can go into your settings and turn that off. And that is free, and no one can steal your shit. Yeah, I also would, would recommend just playing Metal Gear Solid Five offline all the mm. time forever. Because the online shit... All, all you really serve to have happen is to lose stuff you've been working to earn. Yeah, <laughs> that really is the only benefit, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I know some people are like, oh, it's really fun. But those people are wrong. Like, factually oh, no, wrong. Oh, you've got to play online now, because Metal Gear Online, yeah. I just figured having oh, yeah. the forward operating bases was not worth having your menu and your tracker thing slow down. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not worth it at all. Not it, worth it, it, at it all. breaks the game, because mm. Konami can't do anything right. Um, so, so that's fun. Uh, that's, that's also announced was the uh, what's it the DLC that uh, oh, with the costumes the that Eva women can outfit. wear the Eva outfit women oh, can that was uh, hilarious. if you play, <laughs> if you you play as a, a woman soldier you can get <laughs> your tits out and, and it gives you a, tac- a tactical <laughs> advantage as you distract the enemy. Now I got a question. You know what? It's so it's just so ridiculous. It's hard to be offended by that. Okay, um, I, I wanted to just talk about something because. Um, I got an anonymous question on Ask FM about this, mm. uh, where they said that uh, are all the PMCs in Konami's world staffed by adolescent teenage boys who are incapacitated by boners? <laughs> now, my theory is because cloning is a big thing in this uh, in the Metal Gear Solid universe, mm. and because Kojima has cameos in his games, and, and in fact a rather uh, pronounced cameo. In, in this one. My theory is that all of the PMCs in Konami's world in, in, in the Metal Gear universe are clones of Hideo Kojima. That's the only reason I can explain for them being that inf- like childishly distracted by the mere notion well, of boobs. They, let's they could also it. just be clones of Snake because in the first three games, like Snake literally chats up every woman he speaks to, even over the PDAs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd like to get to know you better. I'm personally wondering if, like, this is a situation where every... This doesn't affect the male characters you can you can have, but all of your female characters, they also blank through their blank. And, you know, that's a tactical advantage, being able to breathe if you blank through your blank. Yeah. So I, I we'd think better they should have had clothes, too. I think they should have had a male one that's just got the, the crotch cut out of the combat fatigues and their dicks just hanging out. Because I tell you what, I'd be more distracted by that wobbling around in a battlefoot situation. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a pair of like crotchless chaps that you could put on a male character, I'd be like, right, forget all of my criticisms. Metal Gear Solid Five is equality confirmed. Thank you. Yeah. But let's 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 be honest, right? You know, Kojima, I think, is a really talented man. Uh, I, you know, he's one of my favorite developers. He has got the mind of a thirteen-year-old when it comes to tits. Like, like let's let's be honest about it. And that's why I'm convinced yeah. that every character, every faceless soldier in the Metal Gear universe is Kojima, well, I, like a clone of his. I'm just trying to like mentally work out what. Like, I know what the, the thing is, it's like, ha ha ha, the tactical advantage is you can see her boobs and that will distract them. But what was the implication of, like, the serious reason for that giving a tactical advantage? Like, what what tactical advantage were they trying to make the other half of the double entendre? 
I don't know what tactical advantage they thought they were cleverly joking about as the serious side. I think there should be some of the soldiers who aren't distracted. Because I'm like, surely, the law of averages says that out of the hundreds of thousands of people you end up fighting in that game, a large amount of them will be gay. Or at the very least, a, l- a large amount of them won't be into boobs. Maybe some of them are ass people. Maybe, maybe some they're of them ass, like maybe, ass people. Maybe they're just, you know, asexual. Yeah. You know, mm. like, like, there, there is such a range. Even some of the ones like, who are uh, easily distracted by boobs will be too busy staring at, at quiet. Yeah, or maybe some of them, like like a small fraction, are just fucking professionals yeah, that are who, like... in a combat situation, <laughs> won't stop fighting for their lives because someone's bra is hanging you, out. You realise this is to a game fair... in which you can distract people by having a picture of an anime girl yeah. on a cardboard box and people <laughs> exactly. won't question yeah, who's in the cardboard <laughs> fucking box. I like, think oh, it's... I've animated. But it's obvious that stuff's just put in for a laugh to have a bit of tongue-in-cheek silly fun, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm making fun more than anything yeah. else myself. It's it's one of those like you would think after the negative reaction to quiet that they would have maybe looked at this and been like oh maybe it's not in our best interests to do it's this because like, people are gonna people are gonna take the mick out of us. Here's the thing I almost respect it though because like I mean I've been quite famously critical of quiet's mm. uh, design as well as any issues with it narratively I think it just looks stupid as well and of course that's earned me a lot of ire in certain areas of the world mm. but I do almost respect the fact that Ko- uh, Kojima doesn't give a fuck yeah that that like he he knew that this would get mocked at best, criticized harshly at worst, and then it's just like you know what, my boner takes precedence. Um, I, <laughs> oh my I, God, I, best I kind quote of from this show, my boner <laughs> takes precedence, and that might be the title. My boner takes precedence. <laughs> um. But yeah, I I kind of agree with you. Like at least this this particular example feels a little bit more like we're owning up to it haha ha, boobs like it's not trying to be high and mighty like oh you're gonna feel sorry there's a real realistic reason for it like at least yeah. this time it was like ha 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 tactical adba- advantage uh, people get it's, distracted by yeah boobs. it's dumb as fuck but it's not trying to be anything more than that it doesn't feel mm-hmm. as narratively dissonant mm. yeah like i don't i certainly wouldn't blame anyone who does find it you know offensively tacky or gauche in any way but for my own personal opinion it's like you know what all right all right you can have that one i i Um, I probably in the context of like had quiet not been a thing would not have i probably would have just had a laugh at it whereas here i'm like i'll have a laugh but equally you know this is uh, it's a bit it's a bit of lemon juice on top of everything it feels into it feels like it falls into a larger context within the game blah 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 social justice critique (laughs) tell you what though fuck konami fuck konami indeed right right Yeah. yeah 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 Oh, I, I know. I did mention that we sell fuck Konami T-shirts on the Gymquisition. Yeah, store stop, now, but, stop. But there's a reminder. <laughs> there's a reminder. You can buy it. Actually, I, I had some shirts come in. I've got my uh, Mysterios shirt and my I'm Jim Fucking Sterling Sun shirt, which I wore to a a, a, a fancy restaurant, and <laughs> my wife was very angry with me. <laughs> I had a tracksuit top on as well. I. I mean, that was bad enough, turning up at a decent restaurant with a tracky top on, like some sort of fucking London spiv. Um, (laughs) But to have that, like, she was like, keep it closed. Zip it up. I I told him he should just shout it out. (laughs) And she was like, don't encourage him, you. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's a whole bunch of Olgians on the other table. I should have just yelled it at them. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so go to the go to sharkrobot.com and there's Junquisition stuff there, well, including the fuck Konami shirt. Well, you shouldn't go and spend your money there because you know where you should be spending your money. Where should I be spending my money? On Shenmue Three because Shenmue Three <laughs> needs more money. See, that is how you do a segue. <laughs> I tell you what, right? 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 <laughs> Fuck off, you Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, like, uh. just, you got six million dollars, right? Now, I know that AAA budgets are bigger than that. You're not a AAA developer, mate, right? You got six million dollars. Well, no. You can make something fucking, get a, get a good artist, and I guarantee you will have something that looks utterly, beautifully he, gorgeous. He got that more money. than six million, because in the quote well, yeah. that came out this week about him needing more money, he mentioned that he has had... that, And we suspected this, but this is confirmation now. He has had money from Sony, and he has had money from outside sources as well, which are going on development. So yeah. there are development resources outside of the Kickstarter funds and the Slackerbacker funds. But yeah, he's talking about Mate. the fact that it's like, well, we're drafting up the game at the moment, and... Um, I'm not sure why he sounds like my Peter Molyneux voice, but um, we're, we're drafting <laughs> up the game at the moment, and um, it's just not going to be a very beautiful game if you don't give us more money, because because honestly, we can most of the money goes into the appearance, and we just cannot afford to make a beautiful game unless you give us more money, people. We're the most successful video game Kickstarter ever. Give us more money. Yeah, I mean, dude, you've had enough. You've yeah. had enough. Um, like, I, just, I don't know, it's like... <laughs> Fair play to him, whatever he gets. Mm. Whatever he gets, fair play to him. He's entitled to it. But I just... It's like he... It's so... It, I, I feel embarrassed for him. I feel... I felt fine when he, like, set up the slackerbacker PayPal campaign where it's like, hey, you know, if you missed the Kickstarter and you still want to give us more money, we could do with more money. We're going to leave this open. If you get more money, go get yeah, more money. And that's fine. But this particular statement feels like a bit of a... Like, a bit of... of Maybe it's crossed the line into begging it at this point. It's like, you didn't give us money when we had a Kickstarter. You didn't give us money when we had a Slackerbacker campaign. Are you sure you don't want to give us money? Please? <laughs> I mean, Please? I, I, my main problem uh, with it is because I see that attitude reflected in a lot of the Shenmue fans who mm. have been like... Like, even when it was the most successful Kickstarter of its time, they were really unhappy with people who were criticising it because they were holding back Shenmue 3 and they acted like that Kickstarter was a failure because it didn't get 10 million. I don't get this. Why don't Sony just give them some fucking money? They have done. They already have. We had confirmation this week that they have given them some money. We don't know how much, but Sony gave them some money, but apparently not enough. It's like I, Sony. It, Sony I, will be ringing them up now in a year, going, "Where's my game? I backed. <laughs> I backed this Kickstarter. Where's my game?" <laughs> oh god! You're a scammer. You're a scammer. You're a lying scammer. Here's here's the thing for people who want a conclusion to the Shenmue story. Let's say really, really, really low end. Let's say they made something akin to a um, akin to the last two games like development costs for that range of game for like a Dreamcast or a was it the Dreamcast? Yeah, yeah 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 so like the cost of making a Dreamcast game has dramatically dropped in the years since then it make make a Shenmue 3 that is the scale of the Dreamcast version people will still get their plot they'll still get to know what happened with the conclusion and the dramatic cliffhanger of 2 
be fucking happy. It'll be a pretty good game for six million plus whatever Sony. What kind of game is Shenmue? Is it like an adventure action thing or? It's a game where you pick up boxes and move them. Uh, You also drive a forklift and you go to a dock to ask if you know where we can find some sailors. And that is the three things you do in Shenmue. That's the only three things you ever do in Shenmue. (laughs) Um, But I, I, like, just. I don't care about graphics unless the game is like horrendously, horrifically ugly to the point of like this hurts. Like Tony or, Hawk. Like Tony Hawk, or or you know this this is not what I expect from this sort of game with this sort of budget, this sort of marketing. I don't care, right? You know, Deadly Premonition is still one of my favorite games of all time, and it's ugly as sin, and I love it. And and to see him like like he's making so many he's making triple a mistakes and it's like you've got to think like an indie my boy don't don't feature creep don't focus so much on the graphics don't be square annex who put so much on visuals that they forget everything else that makes a game good right just just give the people what they want give them shenmue 3 even if it looked like a fucking dreamcast game i don't think people would care that's I, just, I well, it's easy to make it's easy care. to make more simple graphics even look really nice nowadays as well you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean i've played i've played games with a fraction of the budget of fucking what shenmue 3 is playing with and they look absolutely gorgeous mm. all it takes is competent art like get get good artists get people who are skilled with working within limitations and you can do wonderful beautiful things uh, to I, I i just see a, a a guy, if you tell me you've got that much money and you can't make a game look gorgeous, I see a a bad developer. At least as far as graphic design goes, you can you can make beautiful things with a fraction of the the budget. It just takes it just takes artistic style and knowing how to uh, work with the tools you've got to get the most out of them. I mean, you can get the Unity engine for fucking free, and if you're talented enough, you can make some of the most gorgeous games on the market with it. Mm. I mean, look at look at Soma. I mean, that I'm sh- I think that game had a very low budget and it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've played there there are if you go through on my YouTube channel and find the squirty play videos of games I've done that are actually good. Um, you know, you might have to do a bit of digging, but they are there. And some of them just look absolutely stunning. And you can tell they were made on the cheap. I mean, mm. Unity, you know, as much as that has a bad reputation, I did a whole episode of the Jimquisition on Unity games that are gorgeous where they've just They've gone in and, and not just bought assets and thrown them into a game. They've actually worked on it and tailored it and, and brought their own artists on board. I mean, you look at something like Max the Curse of Brotherhood or something like that, um, or, or Hand of Fate, or and even half The Vanishing Unity. of Ethan Carter. That was an insanely good-looking game. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. Like, I mean, if you can get on the quality of... like, I, I almost get this feeling like they're looking at Square Enix games. They're looking at, like, you know... Batman Arkham um, Knight. For some reason, I forgot the name. Batman Arkham Knight um, at its optimum settings uh, uh, in a world where it wasn't shit on mm. PC. And they're like, it's got to look like that. Mm. No, it doesn't. You're not AAA. Don't, don't, don't fall into the trap of it. Don't, don't think like AAA because no one wants you to think like AAA because thinking like AAA means you're thinking like a monster. So just, just, just don't. If you're, if you're on Kickstarter. Think like an indie. Don't make the mistakes Double Fine have made. Don't make the mistake of feature creep. Don't 
Don't think you've got to look like the you know the most gorgeous AAA game on the planet. All mm. you've got to do is look original, have a bold art style, and people's opinions will do the rest. Yeah, that that is some intelligent words that that were said. Be, yeah, yeah, be, yeah. Be, just just be more like Brian Fargo. Speaking of Brian Fargo, Wasteland Two coming out on console soon. Buy it because I'm in it. Yes, disclosure, he is in it. Like, we've got to make that abundantly clear. This is, this is where neither me nor Jim now recommend it, because we're like, yep, can't be recommending a thing that a friend did a thing in. Uh. <laughs> um, um, other things that happened this yes. week. Um, have either of you been keeping up on the evolving story of the kid who's getting sued for his Pokemon party he ran? No. I, I did look into it. It's That's fucking tragic. Yeah, so, it's, it's like, I get that... Like, I don't want to be too harsh on Nintendo because I do get that a big part of this is a problem with copyright and trademark mm. law, uh, where you've got to fight everything, no matter how petty. Or the Otherwise, thing you don't fight gets used as a precedent for yeah, other like things it, not getting fought. It's yeah. fucked up. The, the law is an ass. That's me auditioning yeah. for Mr. Bumble again. <laughs> um, like, and I hate it, but, but the whole situation is just so tragic. Yeah. To, it's so fucking sad. To sum the story up as quickly as possible... Basically, this is um, someone who owns a cafe very near to where PAX happens. Back in August when PAX was going on, he ran a local Pokemon fan party at his cafe near PAX. And he charged about $2 for entry to cover his costs of running the event, because he like hired in some DJs and stuff. And the problem is, on his flyers advertising the party, he used copyrighted art of a Pikachu and a Snivy. As such, the Pokemon company decided to sue him. And originally they offered a settlement they put a settlement offer on the table of $4,000. Kid does not have $4,000. So he's like, "Okay, internet, look, I've been running this party for Can a few years now." Can I just ask now, something like, here? Um, yeah. when you say kid, what age is he? Uh early 20s, I think. Okay, so like, he's not a minor then. He's not a minor. He is okay. an adult, but he okay. is I it's it's a situation where he's run this party I think for like the last four years of PAX and um, he the settlement offer was four thousand dollars and he was like look you've all enjoyed these parties over the last few years I can't afford to pay the settlement so the internet stepped up they found him the money he did, had a some kind of crowdfunding campaign and he got the money to pay his uh, his settlement and the update this week is because Nintendo perceive him to have been raising too much negative press about this. They have retracted their four thousand dollar settlement offer and told him, "No, you have to come to court, and you're probably going to have to pay a lot more." What? Yeah, that I did not. No, hear. that was that, is... that was this week. Um, they retracted the settlement offer because apparently they've been receiving too much negative press on the back of him but talking to the press com- about what's going on. But they're being complete cunts. Of course, they're getting negative press. <laughs> yeah. So he, my, like, my jaw is fucking yeah. open. I did not hear that. No, bit. this that is this is why I put it on this week because this has been going on for a while, and it's just like it's a shitty situation. But Nintendo have to do it because it's the fucked up way copyright law works. But this was the moment where it was no, you just raised the money. We're gonna retract our settlement offer before you can pay us. Like he had the money and was getting ready to pay the settlement, and they're like, nope, settlement's off the table. Come to court. So wow. I don't even know how they could how they could fucking like what what are they trying to argue defamation fucking um, or are they or are they just being like the, that's like, the, that's the, like Shredder yeah. Shredder trying to sue April O'Neil or something for reporting that he like yeah. blew up a factory. 
It, the situation as it currently stands is a lot of what we're hearing is coming from the person who's being sued. But the mm. way he has explained it is that the negative press that came as a result of him talking to the media about it because he was trying to raise aware like he was talking to the press about it because he was trying to raise awareness for the fact I can't afford to pay this settlement. Yeah. I'm yeah, like I've got a funding campaign to get the money. And because of this, he's talking to the press about the set uh, the, the lawsuit and the settlement. And Nintendo go, this paints us in a bad light. Fine, settlement off the table. And his lawyer is currently feverishly trying to Because get this the settlement would paint us in a much better light. Yeah, really. It doesn't make sense. But like they are hoping to get that settlement back on the table, but as it stands right now, the settlement's been retracted and he's probably going to have to go to court for this. Jesus Christ. Which is really, really shitty for a fan-run event. So that sucks. Yeah, so uh, don't don't put Pokemon on your posters, kids. Yeah, <laughs> or use, use, Devi- use art from DeviantArt, because the kids on DeviantArt are never going to notice you stole their original character, Do Not Steal, that kind of looks pretty much like Pikachu. <laughs> Uh, I always ask uh, if I'm ever going to use anything from DeviantArt. I always ask. It would be yeah, very, I, I very was, rude was, not to. I was I, joking fact, and I being facetious. Well. I'm, I'm not genuinely suggesting mm. to steal people's work from DeviantArt, but you know, some of it my is best, probably um, fair to say that DeviantArt would be less likely to sue you for a fan-run event around PAX. <laughs> some some of my um, best single covers have come from scouring DeviantArt for pictures of the character. There's some really talented people on there. There are some, oh, some, there are some very there. talented people there. I like the pawny ones. Yeah, of I course like, you do. <laughs> I, I like the pawny ones too. The pawny ones are pretty good. <laughs> there are some pretty cool ones. <laughs> we say after we've just been slagging off Kochi. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We're not... We're, uh, yeah... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. The main reason the internet's well, been cracking up on this call is because Jim is downloading like all the Eva outfits. He's downloading one for everyone he knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! So, oh, um, is there anything else on the news? This I played week? Transformers Devastation. I did as oh, yeah. well. What did you think? Loved it. I I didn't expect to. It's it's the best stuff of a lot of recent Platinum games in terms of its. It's, you know, a combat system, and the presentation's yeah. really spot on. It's like they took a bit of Devil May Cry, a bit of Bayonetta, and threw it in Transformers. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a bit of a mess. You know, some of the combat is so chaotic, it's hard to see what you're doing. Yeah, you but can you're see doing, like, the, the, whole... the budget and the cracks in yeah. where it is from a licensed project. But it looks gorgeous with what they've done with it, you yeah. know, making it all cel-shaded. It looks just like the Generation 1 Sunbow cartoon. Mm. Um it's so authentic in that manner. Like mm. Frank Welker's doing Megatron again. Whoever they got to do Starscream is actually doing Starscream rather than the the hissy growl that most people give him these yeah. days. There's someone who's actually ah Megatron. <laughs> you know, I fucking love my, that. Shit. My favorite thing about it is just the fact that like the first mission went on for probably forty five minutes, and it was just like. Oh yeah, go fight Devastator, then fight Megatron, then fight Devastator again, and he's now powered up. Have another fight with Megatron. Go blast across the skies, fight all of the like Constructicons, all of this stuff that's like known stuff. It's like just oh yeah, just fight all of the big baddies straight away. Why not? Yeah, like they they really did like they don't they don't build up to anything. Yeah. It just starts with. Here's Megatron, fuck him up. Oh you, shit, here comes Soundwave. Yeah. You, like, it's it's really cool. You feel like you've got a fully realised set of mechanics straight off the bat. Like, not like you've got some contrived, 
oh no, I am Korra and all of my abilities are gone because I touched a magic rock or some shit. I have to get them yeah. all back. It's like, no, I am a I am a vehicle that can transform into a robot. I can beat stuff up. And if I want to go faster to beat stuff up harder, I can be a car, then punch someone out of being a car. Yeah, being a transform car out of fast. the car into big yeah. uppercut. Like it's, I mean, mixing in the transformations with combat is yeah. genius. And like, if mm. if you you uh, if you've not played it, you know, you string together like a combo of slashes or punches or whatever you're fighting with. Bash, 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 bash. Then a prompt comes up to hit the transform uh, button, and then you hit it, and then you like quickly transform into a car, and then just bash into them yeah. and transform back into a robot. It's so and you get different really satisfying. Yeah. And you get better moves if you're going at your fastest that you can be going. So like there is benefits to be a car, drive around until you are at top speed, then transform and attack and that speed carries over through your transformation and you get different moves. And like there's so mm-hmm. many unlockable like every every transformer fights a slightly different way. But then on top of that, you can equip them with weapons that then change up how they fight and add elements onto them. And I'm just like, oh, this is so good. It just feels yeah, like so it's great. It's got a nice little loot, a loot system and a crafting system. Is they've thrown in a lot of nice little touches. Yeah. Um, biggest complaint is the lack of playable Decepticons. You know, I can't, I can't get my Star Scream on. What know? I have heard suggested, and I would love to see it happen, is the sequel is a Decepticons game. In which we get a second one of these or a DLC campaign in which you get to play a ton of stuff as the Decepticons. And I'm. That would be fun. Yeah, having finished it, I'm just like, yeah, I will buy another game if you let me play a campaign as the Decepticons. That sounds really cool. I mean, that's ultimately. I want to see more of that game. Like, the the game itself is pretty short. That's another. I think uh, it's going to turn off a lot of people. Um, Although there's, you know, New Game Plus and uh, challenge modes and reasons to go back because of all the looting and everything. One one thing I will say about this compared to other Platinum games, I know usually if people are into Platinum games, they're just like, oh yeah, I'll just start on like one of the harder difficulties. Start this on normal because it gets really like. This has a much steeper difficulty curve than other Platinum games in terms it of can get ramping up the difficulty. Like, the higher difficulties take some weirdly high jumps up in difficulty. Right. So, like, it's not a smooth curve between those difficulty levels. Yeah, there are some, like, like uh, I think it's the, the last time you fight Starscream mm. for me was, like, so tough. And then after that, a lot of it was a cakewalk. It goes up and down. It's very tough to predict. There is also very visibly the fact that you cannot... uh, Any of the the named Transformers cannot show visible signs of damage when you defeat them. Uh, They they stay lying on the ground, unlike the others, and they don't explode. Like, all of the grunts will explode. The named characters do not explode, and it's a long-running thing with Transformers games. You cannot show you the toys being broken. Anything that they're you gonna know, sell toys which is of, funny, you can't be- show the toy get broken. Which is funny because did you guys ever read the Generation One Transformers comics? Like they were brutal. Like, like some I, of those were dark. I, I used yeah. to read them as like a ten, eleven year old kid, and like, they used to kill off so many characters in unbelievably gruesome, awful ways. And like these would be well known, well loved characters. Like, yeah, mm, it was crazy. Like really, oh, really dark stuff. S- Someone was asking me the other day what my favourite Transformer is, and my answer is still, it's from one of the more recent Transformers cartoons. It is the, whatever the name of the Transformer is that turns into a set of traffic lights. 
What? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, was, that's way this, after my time. Yeah, this was... Someone, like, showed me this. It was a, apparently a pretty good Transformers cartoon that ran a couple of years ago. I can't remember what the name of it was. But, like, it got cancelled unexpectedly, and the season finale of, like, the final episode this Transformers show got was, like... Uh, there's a traffic light and some Transformers are, like, walking past it. And then the traffic light transforms into a Transformer, gives a menacing look of, I am the villain next season, haha, and then transforms wow. back into a traffic light. And that is the last <laughs> thing that sh- that Transformers show ever had, was, <laughs> I am a traffic light, ooh, I'm a Transformer. Traffic light again. That's right, amazing. he's now my favourite fucking Transformer now. <laughs> I, I'm going to look his name up so I can talk about him. It's because always, it's it's always going to be Soundwave for me. <laughs> It's hard not to like Soundwave. Mm. That voice, um, I think mine's his voice obvious. back in the eighties sounded like so futuristic. Oh yeah, I mean it was unforgettable. Like uh, mm. I think, I think even like maybe Optimus Prime is the only thing more memorable from that show than Soundwave's voice mm. to kids back in the day. I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, Soundwave is cool. Obviously, Starscream's my favorite, but I, I, I am a bugger for the Insecticons as well, who are also in this game, which is awesome. Cool. Oh. Uh, the name of the Transformer, sorry, it's gone, it was on my screen, um, Signal Lancer. Signal Lancer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let let me find you some pictures of Signal Lancer. I'm going to have to Google If you're listening, now. Google along with us, because this is how... Uh... Oh dear, oh dear. He really is just a big fucking blue traffic light. <laughs> yeah, there is a toy that got made that is of him wow. that's a bit grey. Um, it's a very awkward looking traffic light and it's got like a red, a yellow and two green lights. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> he looks like shit. Yeah, look, look at the <laughs> shitty looking toy for Signal Lancer. He is the best oh, yeah, transformer. Oh my god. Yeah. Signal Lancer is the... Thing? Signal Lancer is the best Transformer. He is my favourite. I mean, what possible advantage does just being a light, a traffic light give you? You you know what advantage it gives you? Presumably, you can he cause, can control. You can cause can the Autobots the to do a, a car, a, a multiple car pileup. I I was thinking differently. I was thinking he can stop them getting to where they need to get to to save the people. Because presumably, uh, while they're cars, they on red. Yeah, he, he turns so red and he doesn't stop. Yeah, because they won't like risk going through a red light, even if mm. they have to save the world. Yeah. No, Bumblebee. We must obey the traffic code. Autobots obey this, the traffic code. Autobots. Do not roll out <laughs> until the light changes. <laughs> and that is the tactical benefit to being a, a Decepticon that is a traffic light. <laughs> so, um, how are we looking for time? Man, how they even they even uh, killed. Um, we've been going. To... They even killed off Bumblebee in those old comics. I couldn't believe when they killed off Bumblebee. Oh, and they didn't Bumblebee. just kill him. Like he he like had this horrific. It was Death's Head who killed him, and he like smoke coming out his fucking eyes and his mouth and like bits falling off him everywhere and he's screaming in agony I'm like fucking hell I'm 11 why are you giving me this <laughs> yeah oh one last news story I want to kind of wedge in uh, while we're talking mm-hmm. about platinum games mm-hmm. um, yeah. wedge it in there yeah their, their new game Scalebound what they are making um, oh, yeah. apparently about, about a decade ago when that game was first being drafted it was going to be a Wii game about a little girl Battling people using dinosaurs, and then it turned into Douchey McDude Bro. Yeah, he turned into Douchey McDude Bro, and the reason given was like, i.e., the the platinum protagonist. 
Yeah. Well, it's like they the reason they gave was, hey, well, we changed our mind mid-development that the Wii wasn't a good place to go. Fine, that makes sense. That makes sense, we, yeah. Yeah, we wanted to make yeah. dragons rather than dinosaurs because dragons are cooler. Not going to disagree with that. Yeah. I disagree I that you I disagree with uh, that. I think dinosaurs are cooler. I think dragons I think are cooler because they can fly and breathe fire. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's dinosaurs, there's just so many more different types of them. Fair enough. I yeah. I think you can argue either way, but like I can see the reason for thinking that dragons are cooler. We are literally having the conversation of a couple of five year olds right now. You know yeah. that. Dragons, dragons <laughs> are cooler. Dinosaurs are cooler. Because, yeah, but the dragon's cooler because he can fly, and then he can burn the dinosaur, and it can't fight back because the dragon's yeah, flying. Yeah. Well, my brontosaurus could beat up your dad. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad works at Nintendo, and he said it was never going to be on the way. Um. So yeah, the. Like, I get some of those changes. I disagree that we had to change... Like, the the reasoning they gave was the little girl wouldn't be strong enough to hold on what, like while the dragon was flying. And I'm like, no. Dragons aren't real! Dragons aren't real, first of all, yeah. Second of all... D- wait I a minute, this- didn't they make Bayonetta? Yes, they did. And yeah, they're worried I, about give physics. Us some, give, yeah. us, give us some rubber grip gloves, like, right? She'll mm. stick to that fucker like you would wow. not believe. Yeah. Like, Give her a harness! <laughs> it's like, age up that character if you feel you need to. But I still personally would have loved to have seen Scalebound, where you are an eight-year-old girl riding a dragon who then gets off the dragon, got, like, two of Cloud's buster swords from Final Fantasy, like, novelty oversized swords, and the little girl's like, come on, you fuckers, and, like, start slicing people up. Like, that's In what fairness, I want to see. Though. So basically, Hit Girl, Hit Girl meets How to Train Your Dragon. There we go, there's, Gavin. There's an important narrative reason, though, because the dragon breathes through its scales. Uh, so that's that's why they had uh, to change it. Yeah, on, so. yeah. She only... was she was suffocate she was suffocating it by by riding it. Yeah, like she needed so. a harness to ride it, and as such, the harness was suffocating. I'm just really dragon. uncomfortable yeah. with this conversation right now because ride and Ireland <laughs> means something utterly different. I don't know if that's the same in the UK in America. Oh, but is riding, it a euphemism for sex? Right. Oh yeah, right is the word for fucking in Ireland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Here and it's also used you, like, to describe someone who's very sexy. You go, eh, you're one there. She's a bit of a fucking ride, isn't she? That's interesting, because here we have the connotation of ride in yeah. very specific contexts. Like, if you were saying, I want to ride her, that would probably contextually be understood as a euphemism yeah. for sex. No, in but, Ireland, like, if it's, it's like, the Oh yeah, word, I'm going like, to like ride a dragon... The yeah. assumption in that context would not be that you were going to have sex with it. Yeah, I read I read a, a tourism book once um, where this guy, it's actually Sinead O'Connor's brother, Joseph O'Connor. He went to Disneyland with a bunch of Irish people. And basically the poor girl was trying to explain to, to them all about all the different rides. And they had a giant Mickey. Um, and Mickey means a cock in Ireland. <laughs> So they had a giant Mickey ride and they're like, you can ride around Mickey so many times. And basically the whole carriage was in stitches <laughs> and she didn't get uh, why. <laughs> all the linguistic things I am learning. I yeah. did not know either of those things were common phrases over where you are in your yeah. bit of the world. Yeah, She ride the Mickey off you. <laughs> See, now, now if any of you are in Gav's neck of the woods, you know how to say funny things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, should we should we do some questions? Yes, please. Yes. Um, first up, we have a question just for Gavin. Oh. Andre John Nielsen wants to ask: Is there a which song, if any, did you have the mm-hmm. most fun recording? Oh, oh, um, Dream of the Sky, definitely, because that one, like, um, 
I got to use like all Rachel's kitchen utensils for that for the percussion <laughs> and like I broke a wooden spoon by mistake which wasn't so fun rest in peace wooden spoon but also it was one of the first songs I got Lorna in to sing on and I don't know if you guys have heard the song but at the end there's like this bit where it goes very quiet and then slowly builds up in this big crescendo and the two of us are singing mm-hmm. together and I just remember it's a beautiful song I remember the two of us sitting there thanks Jim I remember the two of us sitting there listening back to it for the first time and we were just so excited because we knew we had we just knew we'd done something really really special you know Aww. we're like this this goes way beyond a game song this is actually that's, a really fucking good prog epic like <laughs> that's a really really nice story yeah. I'm glad we asked that now we yeah, got a thanks. little bit of nice time with Gavin <laughs> thanks thank for you. asking that <laughs> yeah thank you Andre John Nielsen that yeah. was lovely um other questions we have. Stephen Lord Bannon Punter wants to ask, is there one thing that you've done in a video game that you immediately regretted? Well, speaking of Soma, there are lots of impossible <laughs> decisions in that game. But to say what they are would kind of spoil it. I, without spoiling anything on um, Until Dawn... There is at least one decision I made in Until Dawn that I instantly regretted. I made Mm. a panicked... There is a certain panicked decision I made regarding is a person safe to leave in this situation? Mm. Um, And I'm not going to say whether I thought they were safe or not, but I made a judgment of is it safe to keep this person in the house with me? And I instantly regretted the decision I'd made. Mm. Fable 2, I th- I think no matter what you pick at the end of Fable 2, you regret your decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That a similar one in Until Dawn where I was like, this is a very standard horror trope I'm seeing. I wonder if they obey the horror trope. And I went for it and, and I confirmed that they obeyed the horror trope but, and realised mm. not only did I lose my favourite character, I also did the thing that you... That any horror buff like me knows not to do. But I had to see... <laughs> I had to see if it would punish me for it. Is part of the fun of that game not trying to get them all killed, though? Yeah, there is a fun to that, definitely. Is there, like, an achievement for having the worst possible outcome? (laughs) Yes, there is. But there's also one for getting through perfectly, and I was having a really good run, and then, oh, God, what have I done? But, like, there is... I like the idea that you can have until Dawn runs, you know. Um, I really must try this this game. This idea that you you try and go through it multiple times to get different things. I did, because, like... The first time I went through it, you know the whole butterfly page where there's like, oh, here's yeah. all the things you did. Some of them mm. weren't even filled in. Like there was just an empty, like I hadn't even started the chain of events that's the butterfly. So I was like, there were scenes I just hadn't seen the first time around because the decisions I made, I just never went to those places. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's there's a lot more to it than I think mm. uh, initially you might think. There is. Uh, there are a lot more branches. As for me, every time I pick up soy milk in the Binding of Isaac, <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, immediately I'm like, why did I do that? Because every time I see it, like, I, I'm, I'm learning to ignore it. Yeah. But every now and then it's like, God, I could, if I could get something to synergize with this later. But the moment I pick it up, I'm like, I shouldn't have Which, which is the one that, uh, I think it's chocolate milk that makes you do like the charge attack big bubble. Uh, yes, 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 where you... Yeah. I always regret that because, like, my way of playing The Binding of Isaac is just, like, I am not very good at accuracy. I sort of go with the pure amount of things I'm throwing. And I can yeah. kind of get away with it if it's something like the laser that is, like, powerful enough to justify the charging. 
But oh, the yeah, chocolate the milk, yeah. I always regret. I always, I'm like, <laughs> why did I pick this up? This does not work for my play style. Have I not learned? I'm okay with some of it. Chocolate milk, I'm, I'm all right with. Monstro's lung, I'm not too fond of. It's the one, it's another charge one. And then you just throw like a big, like, like arc of blood out of your mouth. Mm. And it's like, I like the idea of it in theory. I like some of the stuff it synergizes with, but... That I'm I, I, I'm not that kind of player. I think anything you pick up knowing that in the short term it will be bad, but you're hoping it will synergize with something is always a bad decision in the binding <laughs> of Isaac. Like, d- pick it up if you know that it's good for you and the synergy is a pleasant surprise later. Don't, like, be like, oh, I'll take the hit, it'll be fine, I'm sure I'll get the thing later. No. <laughs> uh, so what else do we have on the questions? Um, Matthew Schultz wants to ask... Not a video game related question, but what are your favourite things to cook or bake? Do either of you two cook or bake? No. No. I'm very lucky in that my girlfriend is an amazing cook and I um, I really don't need to cook ever because she's so good. Am I the only one on this podcast who cooks? Oh. I mean I can make like a spaghetti bolognese or like, like you know, a stir fry. I, I bake and cook because I find a real joy in it. Um, oh, I hate like, it. How can my you enjoy fav- it? <laughs> my favourite thing to bake still is... Um, it's a really simple thing. I first did it in school, and it's a um, chocolate Bakewell tart, but it's done with um, a chocolate short-crust pastry, a layer of um, like Nutella or the sort of hazelnutty chocolate spread just on the base of the... Um, of the paste- uh, on the pastry base. Then you do a layer of like chocolate... Um, chocolate tart filling um you then like you fill it about halfway up the tin you then do like a layer of like bits of um broken up white milk and dark chocolate and you put them between then you do another layer of the chocolate tart mixture and you sort of just put that in the oven and you get this ridiculously chocolatey thing that all stays as one like it stays as one solid piece but it just has the right level of chocolate and consistency and thickness. Oh, I love chocolate Bakewell tarts. When, <laughs> like when you do a proper one from scratch and make it ridiculously chocolatey. I can just picture you t- saying this, doing the Homer drool. <laughs> uh, um, otherwise, I, I, I just generally like baking. Baking is a thing that like I find it really rewarding to stuff my face with stuff that I've made, and as far as I'm concerned, if you put the effort in to bake it, then it has zero calories. That's how it works. <laughs> I can eat it guilt-free if I baked it. <laughs> you burned off all the calories making it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, video gaming questions. Uh, Jen, Jem Isum wants to know, will video game VR headsets become a mainstream thing, or will they be forever restricted to the hardcore and or simulation you, fans like you, basically are they going to end up like steering wheel ex- uh, peripherals for you know what i fans? think they're going to be amazing for guys is um like you know the way that we focus very much on fitness stuff can you mm. imagine like vr programs where you like are dropped into the himalayas and then you can go on your run in the himalayas you'd have to be on one of those treadmilly machine things obviously but like yeah. that'd be so cool for like if you want to keep fit and you've like, all these different like wonderful environments you can run around in i love that in theory but like i think the big problem with it becoming a mainstream thing is right now much like that the price of some of the connected things that will help it to go really mainstream like and the amount of space it'll mm, require as well 
Yeah, like let's say you can have one of those um, three-dimensional treadmill things and a headset and you could get that for under like £300. Maybe that would become a big thing. But like, I think... I don't know though, people bought Xbox Ones. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think VR headsets are the thing have the potential to be really big if they are marketed the right way and hit the right price points. Um, yeah. I'm not convinced that the market is ready for them at the price points they're likely to launch at which from the looks Mm. of it's going to be 300 350 dollars plus um per headset i don't know if they're ready to take off at that point but i'm confident that the tech is at a point where people trying it can be sold on the fact yes this is an impressive piece of kit so Mm. like i think the tech is there i don't know if the market's there yet cool either of you have a perspective on this not really uh, I, I just retweeted something from fanfiction underscore text that just said Pearl nodded and she licked the dick and the balls of Bugs Bunny with a big grin <laughs> on her face that's about all I've got to say about VR um, what if you could read that fanfiction in VR um, I'd pay 150 bucks for it you wouldn't pay 350 bucks no I'd, I'd go 150 150 to read about Pearl licking some balls for Bugs Bunny fan, Bugs Bunny bollock fan fiction, in VR, I, I, I'll get, I'll give you one and fifty four. <laughs> That's a honey bun and fifty. So, get, get on with it. Whatever that bloke's name is, who does Oculus, what's his name? Mark, Mark, Panker. What? <laughs> Palm, Palmer Lucky. <laughs> I don't know where I got Mark Panker. Well, I, from. I, I, um, they're owned by Facebook, which is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I just think I'm talking bollocks. May- I think we've been going on too long. Maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap up. There's a couple of quick questions. Um, Mike Cunningham wants to ask, if you could decide that one item of clothing was considered normal for everyone to wear just day in, day out, what would it be? His answer is capes. He wishes capes were a normal item of clothing. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in a similar vein, but I'm actually going to say the half cape. I'm a mm. big fan of the one that just over one the, the over on one, one shoulder, shoulder yeah. look. Yeah. Um, get, 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 a, get me a good half cape going. Uh, I also wish it was socially acceptable to wear masks in public. I, I mean, I think <laughs> I can see that. I think viewers of the Doomquisition know that I've got a thing for masks by now. Uh, if they haven't picked up on it yet, then um, ugh, yeah, they they should do soon because you and masks. <laughs> Yeah, well, it actually that, has, that has started that, has this that Monday. Now. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Jim, Jim, the Jim saw thing has <laughs> sort of gone underway. That, that so. has been. I've been so excited waiting for this to begin <laughs> because my goodness, that mask turned out really nicely. Yeah, Kerry, Kerry Dyer did an amazing job with it. Yeah, this was there was a there was a asking around people who could do it a while back, being like, oh, "Can we do mock-ups and stuff?" and yeah, Kerry was definitely the right choice to go with on that. She did mm-hmm. a stellar job with it. Like, I actually filmed a... Because I've been trying to do extra little silly videos on Facebook, on the official Jim Sterling Facebook page, and people in there were just commenting about how just, like, creepy and terrifying it looked, and I'm like, yeah, she did a fucking fantastic Yeah, so job. well done, Carrie Dyer. You are awesome at making things. Do people want masks of creepy stuff commissioned? Go chat to Carrie Dyer. She does cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go. She, she never gave me any official website or anything. I don't know if she's got one. Um, I know she's got a Twitter. Search Carrie Dyer on Twitter. Go search. There you go. Go search Carrie Dyer on Twitter. And she does cool stuffs. So there you go. Yeah. So one last. 
did I even answer this? No, I didn't. Suits of armor. No. Suits of armor should be socially acceptable. I should there be able go. to walk out in my N7 armor <laughs> any day of the week, and it's totally fine. Did Gavin answer? No, Gavin. What What do you wish was socially acceptable to wear? Well, as kind of a pop star, I can kind of wear whatever I want and get away with it. So <laughs> anything. True. I'd like to see flares come back. <laughs> I don't like the I don't like the skinny jeans trend. I want to see big ass fucking bell bottom flares come back. I'd like to see all of this combined. I want to see suits mm. of armor with capes, flares, and masks. Yeah, I, I, I want everyone walking around like Michael Kelso. <laughs> Considering that you're kind of a pop star, Gav, I'm pretty sure that if you started wearing flares, the trend would catch on very quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, either that or like you know, Mysterio goldfish bowl um, helmets. Those should be socially <laughs> acceptable. Oh god, yes. <laughs> yeah, everyone should just be able to wear a goldfish bowl as a helmet. Mm. Um, and do I want to ask this last question? I put it in the chat. I can't decide if I think it's a good idea to ask or not. I didn't put down didn't it. put down who asked it, so I'm going to say no. Your question was so close. Oh, okay. Person who will <laughs> never know that it was you. You had a question. I didn't put your name down. Sorry about that. What are you after putting into <laughs> that's, this that's chat? I'm seeing style. this big line of like random fucking letters here. Oh, that was me trying that was me trying to send a link. That was me trying to send a link to the image of the transforming um lamp post <laughs> transformer. Signal Lancer. I yeah, just thought it was one. you. Like, who, who I've decided, I thought it was like, wow, I've Laura got really Signal angry Lancer in this chat is, there. <laughs> I've decided that Signal Lancer is the patron saint of Podquisition now. He's the official mascot of Podquisition. <laughs> oh, goodness. Give me, give me two seconds. I will see if I can easily find out whose question this was. If so, I will ask it. If not, tough luck. Basically, it depends. Will you come up in my search at the, the time while I'm talking to try and find it? Can I talk long enough to oh, find it? Is... I don't know. Jim, are you going to help me? Gavin, are you going to help me to do this? Or is this um, a long let's name? I'm looking through the chat now. What are we looking for? It's the ki- the question that is a fuck, marry, kill question that I forgot to put a name to. Oh. So I'm trying to find Oh, God. I, I don't even answer those questions. I know. I, this is why I'm saying, like, I didn't put a name on it. Maybe that's a good reason to skip it. That I, I put it's it in It's not there. about each sure other, is this? No, no, no. It was about three weird fictional characters. Um... Fuck it, I can't find who asked this. Um, just scroll for one second. Let me control <laughs> F and see if I find them. Um, Even if you find it, I'm not going to answer fair it. Fair enough. I, I have a policy of never answering fuck, marry, kill questions. Yeah. And I I just like the thought of... I, I just wanted to say I'll marry, I'll marry Waluigi. Because, can you still um, fuck the person you marry? Is that a rule in this question? You can't... You, like... you, you can, but the fuck answer is just like, I will have sex with them once and that's it. Okay, I'd fuck Big Boss, marry Bayonetta, and kill Waluigi. I would marry Waluigi, fuck Big Boss, kill Bayonetta? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't answer those questions out of principle. Out of principle, that's. I don't want to. I don't want to be seen to be encouraging those questions. No, I. You, I find them banal. Okay, whoever you are, you are the one person who will your ever question get one was shallow and pedantic. Show. It was Mark. It was Mark Yeager who was the person who I can't remember what happened, but there was once a. Um, we suggested his name sounds like he's from a band, and then there was an album cover made that was like us inside a. Woman's we got a mouth. really cute fan art this week, actually. It was so yes. cute. <laughs> uh, I want to grab the name of the person who did that so we can give them yeah. a proper thank you because it's the most adorable piece of fan art we've had, I think. Mm. Um, I'll put it on Twitter I'd... as well and link to their 
Laura, you can send me who it was and I'll link to them on Twitter. Yes, one second. Um, actually, Twitter will tell me because people keep retweeting it. Um, Edo Tzin, I-D-O space T-Z-I-N, Edo Tzin, sent us this adorable four-panel comic. And basically it is Gavin trying to talk and Jim talking over him. Gavin trying to talk and me talking over him. Gavin looking angry and upset and sad, and then we all run in and give Gavin a hug, and he's got the <laughs> the sweetest, like, mut- his face just looks like he is so loved. Aww. And it's lovely. And it's lovely. Like, let's get more of that kind of fan yeah, art. Yeah, I, like, that's I adorable. like that kind of fan art more than the ones where I'm dead and rotting. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that preference. I can understand there that. There is a slight difference between the two things. Right? Yeah, so uh, there we go. Should we wrap up here for this one? I think it's time to wrap up. Um, Laura, none of us are dead or rotting. We may all be one day, but until that time, let's pass the time by looking at your great stuff on the internet. How can people do that? You can do that by going to Laura K Buzz, which is where all of the things are. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, Laura K Buzz on pretty much everything. Gavin, you are loved in real life and kind of a pop star and you should bring back flares. But until you bring back flares, <laughs> how can we find out more about your great music? You can pop over to YouTube uh, and search for Miracle of Sound. And also we've got, uh, I think it's just two days left on the charity sale. And I have to say a huge thank you again to everyone because we've raised, wait now, we've raised over $7,500 for Syria in the last week. So woo, that's fucking woo. amazing. So thanks to everyone for that. There we and, go, uh, nice stuff. They actually emailed me recently. They wanted to run something with me, but it's like, I haven't gotten back to them yet because I'm terrible at correspondence, but I'm like, yeah. I don't sell anything. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it was hard, um, it was hard for me to come up with bonuses because with some artists, they do like, you can unlock DVDs and things or live streams. And I was like, I don't really do any of that stuff. Just here, have more songs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's awesome to know, um, yeah. and so you can still support that, uh, the the groupies thing. I'll try and uh, do my best to remember to put a link on uh, on the com again, as I did last time. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everyone who supported that and helped out Syria and, and all that stuff. That's good stuff. And and thank you all for supporting the show. Keep listening and, and, and everything we do here and everything I do at the Gymquisition. Uh, really, especially recently, it's something I've come to re- like like appreciate more than ever, so... Um, at the risk of getting all real and dopey again, <laughs> just thank you for the continued support. It's it, I can't express how much it means to me. Um, but yeah, yeah, that that's that. Uh, we will see you next time. Uh, come hell or high water, and that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye.